Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we do invite you to call in to today's edition of Calvary Live. I'm blessed to be back with you. My name is Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado, up here in Weld County. Uh, We are about halfway between Denver and Cheyenne, Wyoming. So, so blessed to be a part of this community. And be a part of your lives. So, so glad to be with you this afternoon. Pray you're doing well. Pray that um, the Lord is just showing you uh, great things, mighty things that you do not know, the promise of Jeremiah 33.3. And uh, he desires to do that. And we want to bless you today. So we invite you to call in with your questions and your prayer requests at 303-690-3000. Grab an open line. They're all open right now. Uh, Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Scripture, uh, God's Word, to get truth, to get guidance, to get wisdom, understanding, and clarity. Uh, We want to do that for you. Maybe you got a question that your Bible reading has brought up. Maybe you got a question about the things around us, as we do live in very interesting days. Uh, Paul said the last days will be perilous, and certainly we are seeing that all around us. And so we're so blessed to be Christians that we have the certainty of the Word of God and the truth of the Word of God, because from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation twenty two twenty one, it is all true, inspired by God. God breathed, put to the page, and so we want to show you the Word of God. So give me a call. Since we start getting phone calls, we'll go to the phone lines, but I do want to let you know there's another means, as most of you know, that listen to this show, to be able to uh, ask a question or to be able to give a prayer request and that is the text lines. It is for texting only. Make sure that you are safe as you are texting. That number is 720-336-0897. And that is open 24-7, actually, for prayer requests. And those at Calvary Church uh, will be looking at those, contacting you, texting back, praying for you. I think it's wonderful. So anywhere in the country where you can uh, text in at the number 720-336-0897. That is open for you. But during this hour at Calvary Live this afternoon, I will be with you and we'll take those prayer requests and those questions. do want to welcome all those who are listening on Grace FM. You're listening live today on this Tuesday afternoon. So um, what a beautiful day it is. I uh, love this season, fall season. Uh, just wonderful The the Leaves are starting to change as I look out the window, and, and I, I see the fall colors starting to come. And uh, so uh, it is uh, just uh, just beautiful here in Colorado this time of the year. So welcome all along the Front Range and in the southern Wyoming. We want to welcome also those of you uh, that are listening on another Christian radio station, perhaps Truth or Hope FM or uh, another Christian radio station. You're a week delayed in the broadcast, but you can call at 303-690-3000, and you can ask your questions, and you can um, give your uh, prayer requests. 
And this is your show. It really is. We're here uh, to be able to bless you and to minister to you, not just to you, but all who are listening right now. So I pray you're doing well. Maybe you're on your way home from work. Maybe uh, you're uh, at you know uh, school. Maybe you're at one of the kids' practices. Whatever's going on, uh, we're glad that you're tuned in. So we got a couple open lines, and we want to um, just go to the phone lines. So let's go to Phil in Aurora. Hi, Phil. Hi. Um, How yeah, are so my you? My question was, um, so my, my brother is gay, and uh, and now he, and he's got this uh, boyfriend that's pretty serious. And, um, and I've been struggling now because uh, my brother is, is wanting him to be more involved, like around more. And I have uh, two young boys that are, uh, three and seven, and I feel like they're, they're pretty impressionable right now. And so I was just kind of trying to get some, you know, biblical like uh, wisdom from some godly people yeah. on this. And as far as like, you know, I don't want to be, I, you know, I'm, I just feel torn kind of because you know it talks about the millstone around the neck around somebody that leads a kid astray, child astray. At the right. same time, you know, Jesus was, um, you know, ate dinner with the tax collectors and sinners. And so, you know, I just, right. uh, if there, I guess if my, me introducing my, him as a boyfriend, as my brother's boyfriend, and if they'd be showing PDA around them, you know, I just, right. I don't know, just not really, you know, I'm just really not sure what to do with COVID. It's hard to meet at other places. Not easy, right. you know. So, um, yeah, and I and I think there's a number of considerations that are here because, you know, we live in a day and age where we're seeing more of this, and um, it's it's family members, it's friends, it's coworkers, and we do want to be a witness to them. You touched on that when you said that Jesus ate with you know tax collectors and sinners. Uh, one of the things that we see that he called Matthew to himself in the gospel narratives. And Matthew had all the tax collectors and sinners over to his house, and the religious leaders were very upset. And Jesus would give a very interesting answer to uh, the response that they said, you know, why does your teacher do this? Why does he eat with them? And eating in the ancient culture was a sign of fellowship, a sign of oneness. And uh, why does your teacher do this? And Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And he said, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I think the thing to remember is Matthew. He was so overwhelmed that the Lord would come and choose him to follow after him. And you can you can look at that as name being Levi, and, and chances are that Levi was from a a priestly family. He was from a Levitical family. And he gave up all that religiousness because I think he saw the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. Because when you go through Matthew's gospel, he uses that word hypocrite more than all the rest of the Bible. And here comes Jesus, and it says that Jesus looked at him, looked at the man. All the synoptic gospels put that in. And Jesus saw him. He saw everything that was about him, and called him. And so Matthew, he has this feast. It was a great feast with all these other sinners. 
And he did it in a way to where Jesus was there. He introduced them to his new Lord. He he was saying goodbye in a sense. I hear a lot of commentators and Bible teachers say he was saying bye to his old life, which he was, but he was also saying hello to his new life. And so Jesus said to those, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. When the religious leader said, that, you know, they're sinners, they were correct. Um, There's a diagnosis of there's sickness, there's sin. But Jesus said, that's why I go to them, so that I can give them a message of hope. Jesus would go to the cross, so we have a hope. So you want to give that message to your brother. You want to give that message to others. We, We want to be light in that way. He says, go and learn what it means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He didn't come the righteous, but sinners to repentance. How you do that is what you need to pray. You need to pray, you know, because Paul, he writes in to the Corinthians, he says, you know, um, don't even eat with those who are involved in sin. And I think that what Paul is saying is don't be involved in their sin. Don't be involved approving their sin because Corinth was a very sinful city. So Matthew was able to have those tax collectors and sinners over to his house where he can control the environment. So you got to decide, you know, as you know, there's display of affection, all these other things, you know, what you have a piece about that you allow under your house. You want to be a witness. You want to care. You care for your brother. I, I can sense it. And you want to give them truth, you know, to have the two boys there, um, is that the proper place to do it? Uh, what if it starts getting heated? What if, you know, all these factors that you need to pray about. So you definitely want to be a witness. You definitely want to to give light and truth to them. Give them the gospel message. But how you do that is really something that we're going to pray for you, that you have wisdom and discernment in doing that. And uh, people got different convictions on that. and uh, But you definitely want to be a witness to them and how you do it and where you do it. Um, it's going to uh, take some wisdom and discernment and peace that rules in your heart from the Lord. Does that help? Uh, yeah, that, that it does. It does help. I mean, uh, they um, they go to like a, a, a gay affirming church, and so it, they sure. they know the gospel and those kind of things. But they're really, you know, I don't know. They really aren't letting God be the Lord of their life, you know. Um, and so, because they're kind of making up the theology or making the theology fit their lifestyle, you know. Right. There's of, there's there's progressive theology and progressive churches and all of that. Um, and so, you know, they're saying just live any way that you want. And I think the key is, is that, um, you know, to have those honest discussions to, you know, the word of God is true and the word of God is very clear on this. So, you know, where your brother's at. And, um, so, um, to be able to minister, pray about it, uh, to be able to ask the Lord for help, how you can minister to them. So, um, you know, whether, you know, because we're just having a conversation, Phil, you know, do you, do you have kids? Do you have a family? You know, what are they going to see? What do you want to kind of protect your home from all those things? And, and, um, and so I think the Lord will guide you in that. 
In that reference I gave you in Corinthians, this is 1 Corinthians 5, Paul says that, um, that I wrote to you in this epistle not to keep company with sexual immoral people. That, that keep company with them is that you're involved in their lives to where you're involved in their sin. And, and that seems to be the meaning. Then he goes on to say that, don't you know that um, those who you know, are involved in these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? And such were some of you. First uh, Corinthians chapter 6, he writes in that. Um, and that's something to take note of because, as he says, don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? In fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites— so are they going to be open to hear that, to hear that truth, to say, you know, I care about you, brother. I care about, you know, your eternal state, those who practice such things. It's deceiving that those who come along and say that you can practice sin. And then he says, and such were some of you. So somebody came along and witnessed to those who were such as some of you, right? And that's what you're desiring to do. So yeah, I mean, I just, I guess, I still need um, Lord's wisdom and and how to do that, and you know, and how to how to move forward. I I almost feel like the boyfriend's kind of almost maybe trying to separate me from my brother. And, and well, I'm sure so, he, po- yeah, yeah, and, so, and it may be you get your brother, you know, um, but you know that he may see that as you know underhanded, you know, whatever it is. You know the situation. Pray for the opportunity. Pray to be able to be a witness for both of them and how you're going to do that. So, Father, I just pray for Phil. I just pray that he cares for his brother, and and it's a difficult situation. It's a situation that a lot of us perhaps are hearing about. And um, so I just pray you give him wisdom because you came um, to those who are sick. That is, we— all have been, you know, sick with sin. You're the great physician that came to bring healing to our souls by going to the cross. So, Lord, I pray that um, they would understand that your word is true, and there is a call to, to holiness, to surrender to you, not just live any way that we want. Even as Paul said, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? No. That, that Lord, um, you would just be with Phil, give him wisdom and how to minister to him. And um, and how to uh, just give truth to them, and uh, I just pray that you would open those doors in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Thanks. Jeff. You bet, Phil. God bless you. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call, and a couple open lines. It is hard. We're dealing with people that are going through, and I'll tell you what. I want to be a witness to them. I want to share the love of Jesus Christ to them. And when when Paul says, and such were some of you, he lists those sins, he came in preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified. And and there was a great revival that happened in the city of Corinth. And that's what I pray happens in our nation and in our communities as we give the gospel to others. And how you do that and where you do that, um, you know, wisdom and discernment. But we don't go around just saying, well, live any way that you want. That's not showing love. And one of the things that we are going to be looking at in our Jeremiah study is that um, here was a nation in rebellion against the Lord, 
and they didn't want to hear truth, and they rebelled against it. And so we pray that, Lord, you open their eyes, soften their hearts to hear the truth of your word, and a lot of prayer goes in with it. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. we got a couple open lines, and uh, the text line is 720-336-0897. We have somebody from Littleton that's on the line. You're on Calvary Live. Hello? Okay. I don't know if they're gone, but somebody was asking a question. Um, what I got here is uh, that the treaty that got signed between the UAE, United Arab Emirates, and Israel, the treaty referenced in the end times in the book of Revelation, uh, that is not the treaty or the covenant that perhaps uh, is referenced there in the book of Daniel, we know that the Antichrist will come along and make a covenant, sign a treaty for seven years. That is not the treaty. So if there's teachings out there that uh, speak of that, uh, first of all, is the Antichrist that will bring that covenant. And President Trump is not the Antichrist. We're not in the tribulation period. That all happens in that final seven-year period called Daniel's 70th week. Uh, and... Um, and it begins with the signing of that treaty. Israel is the focal point in the last days. We need to remember that. And it's going to center around that treaty, which is going to allow their temple to be rebuilt. But here's the significant thing about it. As they, United Arab Emirates, and some of the other Arab nations are beginning to make peace with Israel, I think it's very significant in that for a couple reasons. Um, there is an alliance of Saudi Arabia um, and that is going to protest on behalf of Israel when some of the other nations, such as Turkey and Russia and Iran, come against her in Ezekiel 38, and they are going to protest on behalf of Israel. So there's going to be this other alliance of uh, Saudi Arabia, perhaps others, um, that will not join in that battle, but they will protest on behalf of Israel, which is very significant because they've all been sworn enemies of Israel clear up and uh, until this time. The other thing, too, is now you're starting to hear about the Temple Mount. And those Arab nations are saying, could it be considered that we uh, have a place for the Jews to be able to worship up on the Temple Mount? I think that's very significant as we hear these talks. But it's going to be the Antichrist that will come up with that covenant for a week. So very significant in that uh, because only you know the where the uh, the mosque is the um, the dome of the rock that dome that you see in pictures of Israel that is a Muslim site and Jews don't go up on the Temple Mount they definitely don't go up and pray so there's beginning to be talk about that it's um, is interesting um, that uh, those discussions are happening which does not surprise me. Because what we have seen is Israel becoming a nation. That's the hour hand. We're in the last hour. Jerusalem is the minute hand. And as President Trump would declare Jerusalem as the capital of uh, Israel, um, that was a significant step. And now the, the Temple Mount is the second hand. And I've said in the prophecy updates that don't be surprised if you start hearing some news about the Temple Mount and rumblings. Um, and that's what we're beginning to see. So, it's, you know, pay attention. Uh, the signs are there. Um, you know, we, we see things are, uh, are coming to pass, just as the Bible spoke of. 
And uh, if we're seeing these signs, even as Jesus said, begin to come to pass, look up and rejoice, for your redemption draws near. So very good question. Sorry we didn't get on the line, but uh, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. We got a couple open lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. Text me a question or a prayer request. Love to talk to you. And then also um, we uh, will take those as uh, we uh, continue on. Let's go to Aurora, where Andrevik is online too. Did I say that right, Andrevik? Andrevich. Andrevich. How are you? I am well. How about yourself? I am doing good. What can we do for you? My question today is, uh, as Christians, uh, do we accept uh, practicing Jews as our brothers in Christ, and what is, how are they, uh, how do they fit into the plan uh, of salvation? It's a very good question. Um, we know that God has a plan for Israel, and what I would refer you to is those chapters of Romans, chapters 9, 10, and 11. And you might want to read those chapters because Paul uh, he gives the doctrine of justification in the book of Romans. The book of Romans is an incredible book, isn't it? And he gives um, the the doctrine of justification. He gives the doctrine of sanctification all the way through chapter 8. And then he says in chapter 9, I tell you the truth in Christ. Um, and he begins to show how he grieves for his brethren. I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart that I wish that I myself were cursed from Christ for my brother and my countrymen according to the flesh. So he begins to talk about the Jews, and he talks about their past, um, their rejection in chapter 9. He begins to talk about their present uh, in chapter 10. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they may be saved, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So they've gone after their own righteousness, that is, through the laws, through their traditions, through their religion. And then in chapter 11, he says, has God cast them away? He says, certainly not. For I am also um, of Israelite, the seed of Abraham. And he talks about their future. And he says that the time's going to come when all of Israel will be saved. And that's, that's part of the end-time scenario, that at the end of the tribulation period, right prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ, that their eyes are going to be opened up and they're going to realize that Jesus was their Mashiach. And it's a national restoration um, coming to Christ. But right now, as you said, do we um, embrace them as brothers in Christ? They're not brothers in Christ. Um, There's not a dual covenant. Some people have taught that because they are God's chosen people that they're automatically saved. They're not. Um, there's only one way to salvation, right? That is faith in Jesus Christ. And there's no dual cover, co- covenant in that they are saved because they're God's covenant people. Otherwise, Paul would not have said that my heart's desire is that they may be saved, they being ignorant of God's righteousness. So we don't embrace them as brothers in Christ, but we are to witness to them we are to love them. We're to share the gospel with them, just like we would 
the Gentiles. Gentiles just non-Jewish. So, uh, but God has a plan for them, and um, He has not cast them away. And uh, we are to uh, just be praying for them. Does that help? That does help. Um, I guess these people, you know, you have a plan for them, but what happens if you die before Christ comes back? Well, the Bible's very clear. Jesus said in that upper room that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's a very, very simple statement to remember. So it's true whether, you know, you're Jewish or Gentile, if you don't have Jesus Christ, Jesus said, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So he also writes in chapter 11, when you read it, that he says, blindness has come in part to Israel. Um, there have been those who have come to Christ throughout the church age, but he said that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So apart from Jesus Christ, no one can be saved. Pretty clear to me. Yeah, and it is. And um, and that's why those who come up with the dual covenant or say there's two ways, you know, the Jews have their way and everybody else has to go through Jesus, it's not biblical. And we see that very clearly in the book of Romans because Paul says that my heart breaks for them and, um, and my desire is that they do become saved. So Paul really had... Um, you know, he said, I wish myself were a curse that they would be saved. He had a heart for his countrymen, knowing that they were lost. So, all right, thank you. Appreciate Good question. Hey, we got some open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And love to talk with you. We Grab one of those open lines. Very good questions. I love it when people are reading their Bibles and they're... Um, you know, thinking and asking questions, and I hope that we can give you clarity through the scriptures. Uh, some of these questions you may be thinking about. So the text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We're getting ready to go to a break, and we'll go to the phone lines right afterwards. But I just want to um, encourage you in the in the day in which we are in um, that. You, uh, as much as you can, um, be in fellowship with others. We've started uh, in-person services already this summer. We brought it inside. Look at our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org, for three morning services, registering for them. And uh, so up here in the Greeley area, we'd love for you to be able to come. But also be in prayer for your pastors because everybody's trying to figure this out, just like you guys are during this pandemic. And uh, we want to consider one another, give preference to one another, esteem others better than ourselves. So all that goes to be a part of it. And uh, it is challenging days in which we are in. But to know that God is still working, he's still on the throne, and to um, be able to know that, um, that you know, God wants to work in our lives and in your life as well. So 303-690-3000, we're going to go to... The break, it's the only break of the show. Then we're going to go back to the phone lines. Uh, and um, we got one line that is open. And then we'll go to text questions. But love to hear from you. Pray you're doing well. Got people listening from all over the country. So welcome you who are listening online. And 
uh, we uh, just are so grateful that we can be in touch with you through technology, even international listeners that are listening to Calvary Live. So I'm so blessed and pleased to be a part of this um, this ministry and, and this program that is here. So we um, are going to head to the break, the only break of the show, and then we will go to the phone line. So those of you on the phone, hang on. We're going to get to you in just a little bit. And we're going to go and, and um, go to the text line if we have time and maybe be able to pray for you, those prayer requests, and to answer your questions on the text. Hey, we're going to be right back. This is Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Biggs. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. I want to welcome you back to the second half of Calvary Live on this beautiful afternoon here in Colorado. And we see the change of season and Maybe there's been a change of season spiritually for you. You know, Paul talked about in the book of Acts, he said, you know what manner of man I was in all seasons. And we do go through different seasons in our spiritual lives. And uh, we'd love to just encourage you. Maybe it's a season uh, uh, that is of growth, like spring, or uh, things are going well, and things are growing, they're hot, like summer. Uh, maybe you're going through a season of fall where Things begin to change, and and the Lord says, I need to knock a few leaves you know, out of your life. Or maybe it's a time of, of winter where things feel cold, and, and I want to encourage you. So give me a call at 303-690-3000, and the text line is 720-336-0897. And we are going to go to the phone lines, and Alex in New Jersey has been waiting on line one. Hi, Alex. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm good. How can we help you and minister to you? Um, I, I guess um, I'm really kind of struggling with sort of what Paul was talking about in Romans, where he said, you know, wretched man that I am, you know, I, I want to do the right thing, and then I do... I, I'm not getting yeah. it word for word correct, but um, I, right. uh, I'm just really struggling with some sins, and... Uh, and um, it's really discouraging me that I, I feel like I'm doing all the right things, reading uh, Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. I'm, I'm, I'm volunteering with the church. I'm going, you know, I'm going to church, and um, I'm just not seeing the freedom from the bondage that, uh, right. that I, I think is promised in Christ. I think we were called to live free, and I, I don't feel like I'm living in that freedom. And um, yeah. I'm wondering if you can maybe give me some wisdom. Yeah, and we're going to pray for you. And the, there's always that battle. Paul talks about it between the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh wears its ugly head. And Paul, you can sense this agony that's in Paul that you were quoting from chapter 7. Um, he, he says, um, for what I will to do that I do not practice, but what I hate that I do. And and so he's talking about this struggle in the flesh, just what, what you're talking about. 
And he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? And I think he gives the real key that you probably know, Alex, that he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's not what will deliver me, it's who will deliver me. And so, Alex, I want to encourage you that the Lord does want to work in us and to keep praying and to keep renewing your mind with the Word of God, to keep close to Him, um, to continually be in that. And the flesh going to rear its ugly head, um, and it's it's going to come and bark at you and and bite you and 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 come against you. But there is victory in the spirit, and um, he he says that in chapter eight as he goes through that the Lord desires for us to do that, to remember that you do have the spirit of adoption where you can cry out, Abba, Father, and continually, you know, hourly cry out, Lord, I need your help. I just need your freedom. And I want to live in your grace because living in, you know, God's grace means that we're not going to continue in sin. To recognize that we are to yield ourselves over to, as a body, uh, our bodies as a, an instrument of righteousness. So whenever that temptation comes to, am I going to look at that thing or be involved in that, to say, Lord, listen, I belong to you. You said, reckon it to be so, that I am to yield myself as an instrument of righteousness. Help me right now. And I think that as you continually, continually, continually do that over and over again and and to really keep your focus on him, and and I know for me that there's got to be things that are just, I can't, um, you know, things of the world are all around us bombarding us all the time. And it seems like you can't get away from it. And we need to get away from it. And to wash ourselves with the water of the word, those are what the scripture says that we are to do. And I pray that as you continue to do that, you you start seeing victory and start seeing freedom, and start seeing, you know, God give you um, just uh, that freedom in those areas. And but the flesh will always be there to to war against us. It's always a fight. <laughs> it is a fight. Um, it's a spiritual fight. Feels like it. Um, I guess uh, a quick could I like add on a little bit? I guess one of one of my struggles is alcohol. Now I know. Paul mm-hmm. talks about, you know, I, you know, all things are, are clean for me or something to that effect, uh, but I won't become slave to anything. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that, or I have this belief that Jesus can set me free from alcoholism and, like, he drank wine, he drank. Right. Will I ever come to a place where I can just, you know, socially with, you know, people have a beer or two and not um, not feel dominated kind of by the fear and anxiety that, you know, um, yeah. or will it just you know, be maybe for me right. that's off limits? You know, here's, you remember in the Old Testament that it was um, Saul the king that was told by Samuel, go and kill all the Amalekites, just destroy all of them. And in the story there in First um, Samuel chapter 15, I believe, that here comes Saul, the king. He comes back, and he has Agai, the king of the Amalekites, with him. He has, you know, the some of the sheep and oxen 
to sacrifice. And here is Samuel, the, the prophet. He says, you know, you didn't do what the Lord commanded you. Saul was bragging, saying, I did all that the Lord performed me. And Samuel's kind of going, well, what's the bleeding of sheep in my ear? And who's this guy, Agai? Well, I just brought back this little Agai. And Samuel said, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. And he rebuked Saul for that. And Saul was kind of like, what's the big deal? What's the big deal about it? I brought back Agai. You know, I want to honor, you know, the Lord. I brought him back as a trophy. And I did all that the Lord told me. I did 99% of what God told me to do. And here's the thing, that it was 20 years later. You know who killed Saul? It was the Amalekites, right? It was the Amalekite that came back. So sometimes Christians say, hey, I can have this little agai. It's okay. You know, the Amalekites are a picture of the flesh in the Old Testament. The Amalekites were the ones that snuck up on the rear of the children of Israel and attacked them, you know. And and people say, I can just have a, you know, a, a snort here, a drink here, a look there. Get rid of the Amalekites, all of it. Don't have an Agai around. That's my suggestion to you. And and just do away with it because the temptation's too much. And what the flesh does, the flesh is like a fire. It says, feed me, feed me. And a fire, we have fires going on here in Alex in, uh, in Colorado. And, and the fires have been burning out here in the West. And the more fuel that they have, the hotter they burn. And it's just like our flesh. Just our flesh says one more look, one more drink, you know, one more, you know, whatever. And, and we need to put away all of the Amalekites, not to have an agai around, because you know what'll happen? It'll end up doing you in and wiping you out. You can ask Saul. That's what happened to him. He should have got rid of all the Amalekites. So that's my suggestion. Don't leave any temptation or any room for temptation or opportunity for temptation. Just do away with it, and you're going to find that you're not going to miss it. So, you know, drink your, you know, water, drink your Coca-Cola, whatever. Uh, But, you know, just it's too much of a temptation because you say one, then it turns into two. You don't want to meddle to your own hurt. And that's what you'll end up doing spiritually. So, um, just keep praying, Lord. I just want to do away with it, be done with it. And that's what we're going to pray for you. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. Father, I pray for Alex. Is he struggling? He's being honest. And Lord, there is that tendency for us to to just do one more drink or one more sinful activity or whatever. I pray that he would just get rid of all the, the Amalekites, have no guys in his life. And Lord, that you would give him victory, that he would wash himself with the water of the word. And the world around us, it's just, it makes us dusty and dirty, and, and Lord, cleanse us. And how shall a young man cleanse his way by the, the word of God? And Lord, I just pray for Alex that you give him victory, that you give him freedom. And freedom is found in you, Lord, personally, just to, to walk in your grace and live in your spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to free him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate it. You bet. Stay in touch, Alex. We'll be praying for you. Thank you. Thank you. you. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. we got plenty of time in the show. Let's go to Cheyenne, Wyoming, to the north of me. 
where Luke's on line three. Hi, Luke. Luke, you there? Okay, Luke um, had bad service. Cheyenne, he, he had a follow-up question on it. UAE and Israel treating. Um, and so, um, anyway, uh, we talked a little bit about it. If you can get back, Luke, I'd love to talk to you about it. But in the meantime, we're going to go up to North Dakota, the Wapeton, North Dakota. Uh, Carrie, did I say that right, Carrie? Hi. Are you there? Yeah. What? What? How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. You want some prayer? Um, yes, I'd like to pray, pray for my grandpa. His name's Chris Fay. Absolutely pray for him. Okay. So he's sick. Pray for his health. Yeah. Okay. All right. And you have court coming up soon. Okay. Court case coming up. Okay. Let's pray. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Father, I pray for this precious young person. Uh, Kyrie, who's young but cares for um, a grandparent or a grandpa. I just pray for Chris. I pray for his health. I pray that you would bring healing, that you bring strength. And Lord, you know what the court case is about, that you would just, um, Lord, minister, and that you, uh, Lord, would just show yourself strong on behalf of this family. You know what's going on. And I just pray for this precious young person. Um, that you would just bring comfort and that you bring guidance. And Lord, that you would show yourself strong on their behalf. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Kyrie, God bless you. We'll be praying. Okay? Okay. Okay. God bless you. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. How precious. I love it when young people call. Um, they got questions. They want prayer. It really blesses me when that happens. Well, I believe that we got all open lines. So we got plenty of time in um, the show here. So give me a call. All open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Text line 720-336-0897. Let's go to text line while we're waiting for calls. Um, what is meant in First John chapter 2, verse 18, that many Antichrists have come. What is the spirit of Antichrist? And John, of course, uh, writing his epistles, it's interesting that John would uh, write the you know, apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the revelation of Jesus Christ, and he would write about the Antichrist. Um, we know that there's going to be a future person known as the Antichrist who comes to power, in the seven-year tribulation period, we know that from Revelation chapter 13, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. But there's also a spirit of Antichrist that's already at work today. And the spirit of Antichrist is, um, you know, that which uh, teaches against Christ, that which is false against Christ, uh, cultic doctrine, uh, heretical teaching. That's the spirit of Antichrist because John was warning the Christians. There was uh, Gnosticism that was uh, had crept into the church that was denying that Jesus was in the flesh. It was denying Jesus Christ. And so John's writing against that. He said it's the spirit of, of Antichrist. And in the New Testament, the New Testament writers uh, warned about uh, a, you know, a false 
teachers and apostles and false doctrine and all that. That is the spirit of Antichrist, um, and it involves deception. It denies that Jesus came in the flesh. It denies the Father and the Son um, and is already in the world. Uh, and so that's the spirit of Antichrist, and it will lead to the Antichrist, the Antichrist that will come on the scene, and he, his uh, um, name Antichrist means not just against Christ, but in place of Christ, and he will deceive the world that he's the one to be worshipped, he's the one that has the answers, he is the hope for the world, and so that's the Antichrist, a person that will come on the scene, but the spirit of Antichrist is that which is all false. So, um, that's uh, something that is yet future, but yet the spirit of Antichrist is present today. Hey, I think we got Luke back from Cheyenne. Luke, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. What do you got for me today? Uh, just a follow-up question on that UAE treaty question. Mm-hmm. Um, my understanding was that the interpretation of that was that he confirms or ratifies the treaty. Not necessarily that he creates the treaty, and so I just was curious right. if you knew that this might be the treaty. I'm not saying it's Trump. I don't think that's the case, but um, this might be the treaty that he ratifies. Yeah, and you know you're correct in that because you're speaking of Daniel chapter nine, verse twenty-seven, that he will come and confirm a covenant, and that and it doesn't necessarily mean that he will. Um, you know, create a new covenant, but somehow he'll confirm a covenant. So the question is, what is that covenant? We know it's going to be for a week, that final seven-year period. Most Bible commentators of end time and scholars believe that it has something to do with the temple, allowing the Jews to be able to build their temple. But he's going to come up with some kind of peace treaty for Israel. So is it in the development with this? I don't think that this treaty signed today is that. Um, but it, could it lead to where the Antichrist comes on the scene and does confirm a covenant with many? We know the timing is is off right now, but everything is, is coming into place to where that's going to take place. So it's interesting. Um, there's a debate what exactly is that covenant, but it seems like to me— that most scholars tie it to the temple, the tribulation temple, that's going to be rebuilt in Israel. And the reason is, is because he goes on in that verse to talk about the abomination of desolation, that in the halfway point of the week, or after three and a half years, that offering and sacrifice are going to come to an end. So that seems to make sense. So um, now you're starting to hear a little bit of rumblings about you know, Israel coming up, a place for them. We do know that for for years that there's a group of Jews that have prepared for the temple to be built. And you can go to the Temple Institute. When we tra- take trips to Israel, we do that. And they got the furnishings ready to go. They have, you know, the, the priestly garments. They uh, are training men to do the sacrifices so we do know that there will be a tribulation temple. They're just waiting for the go-ahead to go ahead and do that. And here's the other interesting thing, Luke, that um, we find in scriptures. In Revelation chapter 11, are you familiar with that chapter? Uh, I 
I think so, but please refresh me. Remember, remember John's told to measure the temple? But he said, yeah. don't measure the, the outer court because it's been given to the Gentiles. So what is in the outer court? Is it the Dome of the Rock? Is it the headquarters of the Antichrist? Because we know that the Antichrist is going to set up his headquarters in Jerusalem is what it seems like the book of Daniel tells us. So it's all interesting. Um, they're ready to go. They got blueprints, everything. And actually, when after the captivity of Babylon, that when Zerubbabel and Joshua came back from the captivity, that they came back to rebuild the temple, what was the very first thing that they did? They pushed the rubble aside. They set up the altar so they can start sacrifices. And one of the things that I said was, you know, when the tribulation temple comes and they're they're get to go ahead and do that, that they might start go ahead and start doing sacrifices before the building was even is even built. And when we went to the Temple Institute last time in Jerusalem a few years back, they said we're ready to do sacrifices. We can start doing sacrifices before the building's even built. So all that's going to be a part of it, and it's interesting to see how there's more talk about it, that the focus, I think, is going to be on the Temple Mount and what's going to take place there. And so we need to watch and see. Good stuff, right? All right. I think Luke is in an area where there's not really good reception, but good question, good follow-up there. 303-690-3000. Hey, keep watching. Keep in mind that Israel is the focal point, the epicenter of Bible prophecy. So that's why we watch it very closely. Let's go to Baltimore, where uh, Geraldine is online, too. Hi. You're on Calvary Live. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm good. I just have a question with regards to your uh, your your church uh, stand on unconditional election um, based on Romans chapter nine. Do you believe so do you have... in unconditional election? So, when you say unconditional election, what exactly are you saying in that? How do you uh, define that? Because people define that in different ways. Oh, okay. Uh, um, I heard one of the sermon of um, uh, John MacArthur regarding uh, Romans chapter nine that we were we were um, chosen before we choose God before the foundation of the world. The the reason why we chose Him is first of all He chose us first. Right. Is, is right. that how we? Yeah, the unconditional election, um, known as unconditional grace at times, is a Reformed doctrine. Um, It relates to predestination um, and that God chose us, and he chose us before we chose him. Here's the thing about election and predestination. The Bible says that he has chosen us. He chose us before the foundation of the world, right? Ephesians chapter 1. And, and so um, some of the, uh, what is called five points Calvinism, um, say that, uh, um, that uh, when it comes to election, um, that, uh, that God chooses those who are saved, and they can get into double election, that he chooses those who will not be saved. 
here's what I get from it, because we read about predestination, we read about um, election and all that stuff, and it, it can become very confusing and overwhelming. God has chosen us before the foundation of the world. God has foreknowledge, right? And in the book of Romans, I think a verse that helps me is that he talks about, for whomever he predestined, these he also called, whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he glorified, these he also um, justified, he also glorified. Um, That he, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined. In other words, God knows everything, the end from the beginning, right? Right. So he knew who was going to come along and be saved. He, he, he has foreknowledge. That's something you and I don't have. So he chose us, that's what the Bible says, but also the Bible talks about human responsibility. And Jesus stood on the hillside and said, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Jesus said, whoever believes in me should not perish but have everlasting life. So all of us are included in the whosoever, that we have a choice as well. It it was Joshua that said, choose this day whom you will uh, serve. So predestination, um, the election is a doctrine in the Scripture, and also our responsibility to respond to the Scriptures is, is spoken as well. So how do you reconcile the both of them? Um, God is sovereign, and I don't understand all the sovereignty of God. I know that he has foreknowledge. He sees those who are saved, but I also know that we have responsibility to be responding to the gospel and that we are to preach the gospel. And whosoever, and that includes everyone, calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I wish I can give you a definitive answer, but I don't understand it all. And I think it was Tozer that said, if God was, you know, small enough to figure out he isn't big enough to worship, we we don't understand everything in the sovereignty of God. But he does choose, but we also have human responsibility to respond to the gospel as well. Is that kind of what you're looking at? (laughs) Because there's endless debate on it, endless debate on it. I know, Pastor, and I'm really uh, my uh, my view is really divided because um, the other church that uh, I was attending is uh, believe in free will and does not believe in unconditional election. But uh, there is a church that um, I'm also attending. So one church is in the morning, and the other church is in the afternoon. Believe in uh, unconditional election. So, but they're both Baptist church. Yeah. And here's the thing, Geraldine, you know, we, we can wrestle with it and Christians do wrestle with it. You have five points, Calvinism, you know, you have five points, Arminianism, um, you know, unconditional election, um, dual election versus free will, um, that the, you know, uh, man has total free will Here's the thing. I don't understand it all. Um, I know that he chooses. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And without me, you can do nothing. But I also know that I have free will. And both are at work in the scriptures. And I used to think, Lord, why would you choose me? I, I, I don't worry about that anymore. I don't wrestle with it anymore. I just enjoy it. I enjoy the fact that the Lord chose me. 
that he chose me before the foundation of the world, that he set his love on me before I was even born. And I am so grateful that somebody came along and that they witnessed to me the love of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that I was able to, you know, um, you know, that I responded to it as the Holy Spirit drew me to him. That's what I do know, and that's what I rest on, and that's what I'm thankful for, and that's what I rejoice in. Yeah, I'm just right. um, curious, where did I get the free will to choose him if he didn't give me the free will to choose him? J- just like what happened to Romans uh, chapter 9 when when in, when uh, when Abraham said that, uh, oh, when God said, that Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I Yeah. What sure. shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. Yeah, and, and there uh, is the sovereignty of God, yeah. And I will exactly. have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Right. And, and the thing is, you know, um, all that is at work, and I don't fully understand it. I, I rejoice in it. And... Um, you know, Christians debate over it and all this. I'm just so thankful that he chose me. I'm thankful he chose you. And I'm so thankful that the Lord opened my eyes to respond to him. Hey, thanks. Good question. Um, Great questions today on the show. Appreciate everybody that's called in. Thank you for for just um, being a part of this show and look forward to talking to you next time. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.